This is Purple Radio On Demand. This is Purple Radio. And today I'm joined by special guest, Gracie Easton. Hello. And we're going to be discussing all things 2002, playing music that was released 20 years ago now. How crazy is that? Wow. To think that makes me feel old. We, are you 20 yet? No, 20 I'm not. Yet. Still 19. Mm-hmm. Wow. Youthful. But we're going to have some music coming up from Shakira, Maroon 5, Red Hot Chili Peppers. But that first song was called Dreaming of You by a band called The Coral. Very classic, like early 2000s indie band, late 90s. And interesting with the song, the like the singers in the band say it's just a bad quality song, and that's because the guy who ran the record company lost the original like DAT, which I think is like the audio recording thing. So they had to take this version from like a cassette tape, and there's like a verse missing in the song, so it just or something apparently. Oh. So it's cool. But I always think when I hear it, yeah, it's short, but it seems quite like concise i think it's you know a nice song yeah but uh and the guy in the band said that when he was 15 he heard that oasis's song shaker maker was nicked off an advert so he tried to write a song with two chords that was robbed off an alton towers advert um which is how that's on form but he also says it's the worst song he's ever written which is <laughs> optimistic about his songwriting but next up we're gonna move on to another classic 2002 release and i did not know the song was 2002 i thought it was like 2007 but it's clocks by coldplay one of my favorite i love love <laughs> a bit of coldplay um and like many coldplay songs clocks is about love and the lyrics are about being conflicted but in a very intense relationship as precious time slips away oh. so it's quite sentimental i guess it is from coldplay yeah i as, thought this was like 2010 no isn't it you'd think yeah. but no 2002 and Chris Martin, the lead singer, came up with the lyrics and the piano riff shortly before Coldplay released the album that came out. And since they didn't have much time, they kind of put this song aside and what then, oh, we'll do it for the next album. But his friend heard the demo for Clocks and was like, do it now, like, you've got to get this on the album, like it's so good, put it out, put it out. So it went on that album, Rush of Blood to the Head. Um, and also I think it's quite funny because he was like under time pressure and the song is about like the importance of time. It's all the irony so really. So it's like the yeah. whole coincidence, you know. <laughs> so Chris Martin was onto some like subconscious <laughs> planning there. But this is Clocks by Coldplay. And that was Clocks by Coldplay. And as today we are talking about all things 2002, I'm now going to tell you, Gracie, some events that happened in 2002 that you might not know, or maybe you will. Mm, please do. That were 2002. So firstly, I've kind of got a list. We're going to go through mm-hmm. a couple in the show. So firstly, we were born. <laughs> That's <laughs> the really? most well, important <laughs> event of the whole of the year. Yeah, groundbreaking, mm-hmm. arguably. I was actually so. supposed to be born in 2001, though. Was you? I was supposed to be born the day after Boxing Day. Oh, you were a late baby. Yeah, I was 10, 10 days late, I think. I think they were very close to with it induced pregnancy, is it? Oh, yeah. And then, luckily, <laughs> I was like, actually, I quite like to see the world. Yeah, I'm so, ready now. Yeah, it was 5th of Jan. 5th of January, oh. baby. I'm a late, I'm a June. I'm June, June the 1st. That's yeah. quite nice, because I was always, when I was younger, annoyed that I couldn't have summer birthdays. Yeah, I mean, now, as I've gotten older, it's gotten worse, because now my birthday's always an exam period. Oh, that is But my mum planned to be my sister, so she could have the summer off work on maternity leave. <laughs> that is yeah, clever. Yeah, she did it on purpose. It's a clever woman. <laughs> yeah, that, that is... Thinking she's of thought idea. about that. See, yeah. I was... Because the good thing about, like, the Christmas birthdays, because I think I'm such a summer person, I hate yeah. winter, so it's like... Christmas alone will not get you through the wind. Well, me. It has to get everyone else through. <laughs> Christmas alone, I'm just like, no. Whereas I've got my birthday as well as that little 
booster. Yeah, you so. have a ja- I think having a birthday in January is good because it kind of livens mm. the month up a bit. Also, just it? like the, the word January. Yeah. It's, quite, it's funky. It's a cool word. Yeah. It's a bit different. So, 2002, event number mm-hmm. one. This is for any like film nerds. They're all quite a similar theme, but three really big films were released in 2002. You had Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, uh-huh. even though I've only seen the first half of the first Lord of the Rings. Oh, no, I've seen The Hobbit. This is, I've seen The Hobbits too, yeah. yeah, but this is so controversial. I just got, I got bored. I think they're bad. Oh. Any big Lord of the Rings fans can <laughs> hate me, but I just, I was like, Listening, watching it, we watched it and like I was on holiday in Devon with some friends and yeah. they put it on one afternoon and I was like, I mean, The Hobbit alone, they walk. The whole first, the first yeah. Hobbit is them just walking. I know. But, I mean, this is very controversial. We're going to have some mega. Oh, like, we're going to get some hate from this, yeah. But um, then you've got Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, came out. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, Episode 2 was like a solid. I think Episode 3 is my personal. Well, it's, Rogue One's my actual favourite Star Wars film. Rogue One was good. I remember going to see that in the cinema, but I'd only seen Episodes 4, 5, and 6. Uh, I never okay. watched the. Episode one, two, 3, because it's got like young, like Anakin when yeah. he was young. Episode three is just funny, like because it's the last, <laughs> the whole scene where he like battles. Like I think it's oh, I'm gonna mess up my Star Wars much. Like Obi Wan. You've got more than me. Yeah, because I like no, I've seen them all, but I'm also like not a huge fan. <laughs> oh, so it's like that weird yeah. mid range. But like it's just it, it's just very funny. And so some Star Wars ones come in. It's a really serious moment in the film. We're just making people angry. The small moment. You also had Spider Man came out in 2002. Oh, yeah. And I remember seeing the first one because I was at a friend's house. It was on TV, and I remember the scene where he like accidentally swings his hand round yeah. and attaches his web to the lunch tray and younger <laughs> me was like oh that's so funny <laughs> it wasn't but so those three films came out oh got a nice like it's good year yeah. for film i think despite me just kind of slagging yeah, off the first just one slated them all. but um then you had the first first uh black actress to win an academy award for best actress that only happened in so, 2002 yeah holly Barry, or the first one ever. So yeah. I think it's happens, but she won. So that was wow. great. You know, that's like yeah. the first one that happened. We're like, yes, we're getting better in the world. She's so had some good films. She's had some good films. Such as. Well, she did that one. <laughs> no, she did that one with them. Um, oh, what was she? She was. You're going to get that one film where they yeah, did that thing. Yeah, no, hang on. No, she's like a respondent, like a 999 respondent. Oh, yeah. Um, and then there's a girl getting kidnapped in the car. Oh. Um, and she has to direct it all through the phone. It's called The Catch. It's on Netflix. W- would you I, recommend? Yeah, <laughs> we'd recommend. It's not that long, it's like 90 minutes. Then shift from something very progressive to just something that would be in, you know, the sun. Mm-hmm. Justin and Britney broke up. <laughs> Oh. It was a great, but to be fair, the creative output that Justin Timberlake produced as a result of that break, his whole yeah. album Justified, which I think is hilarious that he really named it yeah, Justified. No, he really got, um, he should have got album title of the yeah, year award. I nearly put songs from that on this episode. <laughs> I, just, I could not justify it. No. <laughs> but um, no, Justin Bieber and Britney broke up. I think it's especially interesting because, you know, you look at this Britney had the whole like, breakup phase she shaved her head yeah i think now think of that in the context of like because obviously all this stuff recently about her like conservatorship with her dad she's got out of that i wonder like how much of that like what's actually her life must be crazy i don't know i know well i feel like you know they broke the internet with the whole double denim thing like i remember (laughs) even being younger and remembering them outfits yeah things but yeah she's she's not really had an easy time of it have you seen her instagram page yeah it's the weirdest thing. if anyone has instagram is feeling nosy look at britney spears instagram it's very odd yeah i mean she you know i'm all free britney is good but you know i'm not con- like happy about her well-being i'm a bit concerned for her but i'm like the people writing these posts for her is she writing them like is her dad writing but yeah. then she's it's very odd it's but, strange. It is strange but it's weird because you she is very much just a product of the media like as much yeah. as you look like maybe you like the musical or whatever like it's very 
like the the things like you look at the toxic music videos you look at all her videos yeah. and they're very like produced she is a brand in herself yeah she's just not her own person which so i just think like, is so sad. strange it's definitely a great shame yeah moving on from britney to a more you know keeping the negative kind <laughs> of thing michael jackson in 2002 caused an international controversy after he dangled prince michael ii off balcony of his <gasps> hotel room in berlin oh i remember well, i don't mm. remember that it was, it was a baby <laughs> yeah. but that was bad i remember mm -hmm. seeing videos of that um, yeah, it was like a documentary. It was like one ages and ages ago. It was a documentary though, and that he was, he had he did some strange things. But again, Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson was a yeah, odd guy. A all this stuff coming out as well about him and all those kids. Yeah, oh, we're taking a doctor. Yeah, the two thousand two thousand two was maybe a darkie, yeah. and then we thought we started on a high with my birth. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then to lift it back up to uh -huh. the more positive, yes. um, ugly dolls. You know those. Like cuddly toys, vaguely, yeah. They were released that year. I had one. I had a little pink one. Oh um, yeah, a little pink one that I, my mum bought me. They were, but yes, yeah. they were like weirdly cute. They call them ugly dolls, but they're like weirdly cute. Yeah, that was like the definition of the rubbish that like my mum hated buying me, but it was the yeah. only stuff that I would like play with as a child. Um, <laughs> but they, yeah, I had loads. I had a lot of Barbie dolls as well. Yeah, as a child, I had quite a few. Thing is, I like to think of myself in the jungle. Like, oh, I'm a tomboy. Yeah, yeah so, the amount yeah. I had the whole like the Barbie shebang brats, oh, like brats. The silly. Brats baby, baby born. I got the <gasps> baby born that yeah. you could you could feed it and then it would. It, come back it, up. And the least, yeah, it will come out the other side. And I do not know how the children's marketers thought, do you know what would be a great selling point? Oh, it's bad. A, to a toy baby that yeah. eats and passes through. Like, However, it was absolute revelation. I was, when I saw that come out, I was like, Mum, please, for Christmas, <laughs> please get me the baby born. And Never get me another present. And then I remember, world. like, we gave it to her, like, goddaughter or something. Yeah. As, um, when I'd my mum believed I'd matured and I remember being so upset I know giving, I insisted on taking pictures of every single baby born I my own <laughs> to like encapsulate her memory yeah. and like remember the baby born on my like Lumix pink camera and I was oh, like, taking yeah. all the pictures and I look back I think god Isla thank god you've grown as a person <laughs> <laughs> not just physically yeah no emotionally so moving on from that we're gonna have another song from 2002 mm -hmm. we're gonna listen to can't stop by the red hot chili peppers oh i love this song mm -hmm. and for this song lead singer anthony kiedis wrote the lyrics around the music so he wrote the music first mm -hmm. and then the lyrics yeah and the words are kind of this random collection of thoughts with some creative rhyming that he's just thrown into it um and the song like encourages the listener he said to live with passion and individuality oh. I think it's nice. and you know the lyric and he goes this life is more than just a read through yeah it's kind of that thing of you know the lyrics don't just read the lyrics like enjoy the song yeah. they're not separate things um and that's something i think the red hot chili peppers have done quite a lot throughout their career yeah which is nice. agree. so here we have can't stop by the red hot chili peppers and that was can't stop by the red hot chili peppers did you enjoy that, Gracie? I did enjoy that. It's one of my one of my favourite songs, actually. Is it? Yeah, I remember when like growing up, my dad always used to play the Red Hot Chili Peppers and really enjoyed them. It was like iconic for your childhood, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was really big Cute. landmark song. <laughs> you just you just couldn't stop listening. I just, I just couldn't stop. I was addicted yeah. to the shindig. Yeah. So addicted <laughs> to like that. Um, so coming, moving on from that, mm -hmm. we're gonna go back to some more key events 
in 2002. <laughs> I mean, you can determine, because I was looking at kind of events that happened in 2002 online before this, and so a lot of the things that you get on those websites of what happened in 2002 is very political and oh. historical. Like, all stuff like that. And I thought, it's all shizzle. It's not <laughs> that kind of show. <laughs> We've got it. Lighthearted. Exactly. So, instead I found some facts about Eminem, firstly. <laughs> so, um, despite not playing Eminem on this episode, not due to me not wanting to play Eminem, mm. due to all his lyrics being explicit. Yes. Um, yeah. Eminem's album, The Eminem Show, was the biggest selling album of the year. Mm -hmm. It sold 7.6 million copies. Wow. Which is... It's quite impressive. A lot, a yeah. lot of copies. It's a lot of people. Yeah. So, and I always find with, like, dedicated Eminem fans, like, Eminem fans, I've never found, like, a slight fan. Like, people would be like, oh, yeah, I like Eminem. But proper fans, yeah. they are, like, Eminem, like, their soul has been sold to Eminem. Yeah. <laughs> they, can, they can rap rap called Fast and Eminem count. It's, like, <laughs> the obsession with Eminem is something... Yeah, I feel, yeah, definitely one extreme mm. or another with I've Eminem. I've read a lot of, like, very interesting things as well, because obviously, like, he's singing, like, what is class, like, hip-hop originated, like, it's black music. Yeah. Like, he says that in one of his, like, song stuff, like, and, like, I was watching an interview with, like, 50 Cent about it, mm -hmm. and it was, like, because originally he had a lot of, as a white person, like, rejection from that. Yeah. But it was about, like, like, just sharing it as an art form. It's very, like, interesting conversation that I've watched, like, quite a few, like, interviews yeah. about it and stuff. It's quite interesting. Oh, maybe I should go them a watch. I also saw another one about Eminem being like, I'm not going to the Grammys anymore because he was, like, annoyed that they were giving Grammys to, like... He was like, if Kanye wins against me in a Grammy, he was like, I'm fine because Kanye is a respected artist. Oh. And he was like, if these people are winning against me, I don't respect them, so I'm not showing <laughs> up. I was like, whoa. That seems a bit dramatic. Sexy guy. How is he going to know? He's well, not that's what he wins until get it. Exactly. And if he but... wins, that's just embarrassing because he's not there to collect <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, and then he'll just not show up. But I was, and he's like, yeah, the Grammys are rubbish. I was like, I don't know, I get... But he's just kind of disregarding talent. And I'm yeah. like... Because I was talking to my friend about, like, film or something. Uh -huh. And, like, some like people take make fun of me because I like watching the ones that have been nominated for, like, BAFTAs and stuff. Yeah. But I like taking the guidance from those nominations to be like, oh, I want to watch They've those. They've won for a reason, yeah. yeah. And one of my friends who studies film and drama was saying, like, I just don't agree with any of it. Like, it's artistic... It's an artistic thing. It shouldn't be ranked. Like, everyone interprets art differently. You shouldn't win. Like, yeah. Then I'm like... At the end of the day, though, if I'm going to draw a stick man and you've got Picasso, <laughs> it's not going to be... Yeah, I think definition. there's a clear distinction. So it's one of those interesting, who do you give credit to? Where do you... Yeah. How do you give credit? I feel like people watch them for a reason. Though. Like They exactly. get to that level for a reason. Because some... Look, you've got to say it, some films just aren't good. Yeah. Some At films just aren't day, good. I remember that one of the... I stand by it. The worst <laughs> film I've ever seen. I bought it in a home bargains bargain bucket of oh, films. Oh, they were up where the kids were. And I saw... Are. It was like Owen Wilson. And I was like, oh, mm -hmm. that'd be a great film. Owen Wilson, he's decent. I can't go wrong. Yeah. It's called Yumi and Dupree. And it was about... That's a red flag friend, the title's right Their friend Dupree is this Owen Wilson character who's like a third wheel in this couple's relationship and how Dupree, like, ruins it. <laughs> I don't even remember what happened in it other than that. I remember watching it in my grandparents' bedroom on on their... Because they have, like, a TV in their room. I was, uh -huh. like, lying on their bed watching it and just thinking... It's, this uh, is wow this is a, this is i think that was my like inner film critic as a child coming out and going this is a bad film yeah like, <laughs> i recognize and this was awful sometimes you've got to watch a bad film to appreciate the good ones i think i think yeah definitely that's true i mean there's some like comedies that come out that just like are awful <laughs> to watch funny like, i can't think of one off the top oh wedding crashes i don't know if you've ever watched seen that. it's got owen wilson in it again and vince Vaughn. either just very well or very bad very bad yeah but i always just messes. but i can like tolerate it just to hear him go Wow. <laughs> you know what he says? Like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> the that, Lightning McQueen screaming. Oh my, I forget he's Lightning McQueen. Yeah. 
And then moving on from, you know, the little Eminem detour we've taken to Owen Wilson, <laughs> um, Avril Lavigne in 2002 released her debut album Let Go. But interestingly, at the time, I didn't know this, people described, like, the media describing her as, like, an anti-Britney. Oh, wow. Which okay. I was like, wow. Oh, okay. Just hate on Avril Lavigne. I but, mean, I like Avril Lavigne. Oh, She's know, got some good songs. Yeah, but, like, I always viewed her as well. I just... There's a cons- uh, when I was younger, I used to watch conspiracy theory videos, and I found them so funny. And one of the really like big conspiracy theories, there's a lot of people that believe it, is that like unfortunately she hasn't, assuming you don't believe the theory. But Avril Lavigne passed away or is in hiding, and the yeah. current Avril Lavigne in the media is a, like a someone that looks like her pretending to be her. Oh, I've and heard. I, don't, I know I've heard. I don't know. She's locked in somebody's yeah, basement. Was another yeah. one I think. And I, I don't saw. know where this has come from. That's <laughs> some reason in the media. Like, like, there's all this stuff being like the Avril Lavigne you see is not the real Avril. <laughs> My well, God. Like, she might not be though. But, I mean, I, I don't want to. I'm not saying. Not don't want to give conspiracy theories validity. <laughs> but maybe, you know, if, any, if anyone's chance. seen Avril Lavigne, please let me know. She's um, been missing for a while. She did just disappear. Like she really came out, released some absolute bops. Yeah. And then she never she came, was quite came a staple for like that kind of because we were talking before the show about like two thousands fashion. Yeah, and she was quite a staple for that. You know, like we were saying, cargo trousers. I'm literally wearing some right now. <laughs> I've kind of come back. Not that I support fast fashion, but they've kind of come yeah. back in. And like she was her like Britney was very low waisted as well, but it was very like, girly. Whereas Avril Lavigne is very like that kind of grunge. Yeah, like punk. low waisted punk like the dyed like pink strips and yeah, her hair it's chunky highlights and like, then she's that, wearing the ties yeah, the neck oh it's weird how like what parts of 2000s fashion have like kind of had that like reboost now yeah the, it's interesting because people call it Y2K but Y2K fashion I would not say is proper like 2000s fashion no it's this weird like change, slightly altered modernised version of it yeah, because I mean, there's some things that just shouldn't come back. They should not bring them back, like a mini skirt over your jeans. Do you know what I mean? Like, that yeah. was never a good look. <laughs> yeah, but and you no. get like the weird because people be like, "Oh, it's 2000s." I'm like, mm, "You've taken the very nice parts of 2000s fashion and stylized yeah. it." Because like you get the people with like the oversized waistcoat, the tie, the pat. Oh like, God, yeah, that look. Can see their lips was another one with yeah. like pencil thin eyebrows. Yeah, exactly. It's very like weird to think. Yeah, that, that that's not real. That's the real 2000s fashion. <laughs> Another key event in the 2000s to shift away from music now, but back to film. <laughs> Not quite a BAFTA nominated. Maybe it did a win wars, but uh, Lilo and Stitch came out. Oh! It's one of my favourite childhood films, I think. I like that one. Also, it? the fact that the soundtrack was just mostly Elvis. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> the song was like, Hawaiian roller coaster ride. <laughs> I was like, this fit, it fits with my childhood vibe of like enjoying yeah. summer. It was a bit weird. You had some aliens in it. Like, What's not to love? Yeah, it took some funny turns, I would argue. Yeah. And that film, but I, no, I enjoyed that. It I was really enjoyed that. Nice, it was underrated. Yeah, and then you had all these people in like year seven with like phone cases that said like, oh, Hannah means family on it from the film. <laughs> Yeah, but I love Lilo and Stitch. I'm like, I bet you didn't even watch it. Yeah, as you a don't kid. actually. Did you recognise the Elvis connection? I bet yeah, you didn't. but I bet they don't. This is suit. musical, musically minded yeah. child. I was. Yeah, but um, you also had in the film Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets came out. Was that 2002? That was 2002. Oh, that's made me feel really old. Mm-hmm. Really old. It's weird, isn't it? Like, yeah. twenty thing is, my brain's like, oh yeah, I am 20, but 20 years ago, it's like what? Two decades. It's yeah, a lot of time. That is a lot. I've been here for a while now. Like, wow. <laughs> I'm really kicking about. Yeah, now. you had um, Harry Potter and Chamber of Secrets. I used to hate that one. I used to say, that's my least favorite. I used to always say, Prisoner of Azkaban's my favorite. Chamber of Secrets is my least favorite. Oh, Prisoner of Azkaban's my least now favorite. Now a lot of people say that. It's only because that was the one that was always played on the TV. Every time you would turn it on Sunday best. afternoon. <laughs> um, every time you turn it on Sunday afternoon. 
Prisoner of Azkaban. I just thought because it was different, like it wasn't about Voldemort. Yeah, they didn't really talk about which was a I was like, oh, they've changed it a bit for Yeah, Chamber of Secrets isn't fantastic, though. I will I always think the most underrated one is Half-Blood Prince. Oh, a lot of people don't like that one. I think it's very key to the plot. Yeah, I think it's a really pivotal movie. Not a lot happens. No, but but a lot also does happen, like, in... There's a lot of... It is a bit of, like, a plot hole filler as a film, but it's still important. I think it ties a lot of loose ends up before you're moving on to, like, the final ones. And also, I think, from Order of the Phoenix, characters have very much just grown up at that point. Yeah. That's really where they're suddenly... It's a bit better to watch, because when you watch... It's funny when you watch, like, the first one. Well, the first one is hilarious. The acting. Oh, it's so bad. (laughs) It's when they did... Did you watch that interview that they did over Christmas? Oh, I I didn't watch it, no. Well, they watched, like, they do little things, and they watch back, and they're like, oh, God, we were awful. Like we were really yeah, bad yeah. Like watching Daniel Radcliffe is just so oh, funny. Oh, it was so funny. Yeah. But moving on from Harry Potter, Apple released its second generation iPod. Oh. Wow. Now, I have to ask Grace, did you have an iPod? I did, but I was, you know, I did not have one with a touchscreen until I was at least 10. I had them little nano ones yeah, that yeah, was literally the tiny those. little squares. I think my dad used to basically buy them off eBay. Yeah. And I'd just get all his seconds. So I had like this weird collection of them. But again, I literally had one that had no buttons on it. Yeah. And you just always had one to turn it on and off and it would just, it was, I think, iPod, the first iPod shuffle and it was yeah. literally a tiny stick and you just like, you had no choice about the songs, you couldn't skip songs. I it mean, was just arguably it's order. better, isn't it? I mean, we're, you know, yeah. we're liberated now, we can click as many skips as you want, but sometimes it's just nice Well, this is the whole thing, like, it was kind of the first, that's where playlists kind of came from. Yeah. So it's like that, I, the, I had so many, it was ridiculous. We had a lot in our house, it was really, it was ridiculous. We had, like, all the different generations. I remember yeah. when my sister got the first little square touchscreen one. It was mm-hmm. an absolute revelation. I mean, yeah, the touchscreen yeah. was atrocious on it, but like... Oh, I think I had that. <laughs> yeah, no, it was like that, a little pink yeah. one. I went, and I remember my first, before this, when I was younger, like, before I got that one, yeah. my friend had an iPod Nano, and she was watching an episode of Spongebob on it, and I was going, how? How are you <laughs> watching a, Spongebob on your iPod? What? That was a revelation. I was like, mine doesn't, mine doesn't do that. No. <laughs> and then you also had... In 2002, Kelly Clarkson on the very first season of American Idol. Oh, I forget which, that she was on that. Well, this is the thing, like, because I wouldn't really normally put an American Idol faction, it's an American show, a bit irrelevant, but I was like, Kelly Clarkson got famous because of, like, a... Yeah. Like, a talent show, which I think is quite interesting, and, like, if you look at her music, it was very iconic in the... It was. 2000s. Like, yeah. Since You've Been Gone, Pitch Perfect, staple oh, song. Absolutely. So, you had that. And then also, which I think is interesting that this happened at the same time as the iPod, is that you had the very first mobile phone with a built-in camera. That was released in 2002. That is so weird to think that, like, that was such a revelation only 20 years ago. Like, mm-hmm. when you think about the kind of quality that you've got now. But you watch those, like, early 2000s shows and they all have... All the flip phones. Yeah. And I like part of me really wishes that was still a thing. Oh, I really want it. You know when you see them like, TikToks and it's like people go and like design their yeah. like, flip phones. If I really everyone want one. just like universally agrees to get rid of social media and go back to flip phones. Oh, it'd be great. Because like, I kind of thought that for a bit and I was like, what happens if I did just get rid of it and yeah. use a flip phone? And then I realised I actually couldn't participate in a lot of academic and university life if, yeah, I, no, if be, I got rid of it. It wouldn't be great, would but, it? It is, it is a shame, but that is something. It was called a Sanyo SCP-5300 or 5300, depending on how people in 2000 <laughs> said it. But, yeah, that was... So that was the most 2000s name I've ever heard, yeah. I think, for a piece of technology. But, yeah, a lot, a lot of stuff happened. Yeah. Um, and then, moving on from that, um, we're going to go to a bit of a pop icon. We're going to listen to Whenever, Wherever oh. by Shakira. And this was off her first album recorded in English, and I didn't know this until I researched this. 
Shakira didn't speak English, like, originally. She really? was a Spanish singer, but when she started working on the album, she was assigned, because they were like, she's a very good singer, she was assigned an English tutor. Wow. To sing, because they wanted her to reach the, the wider global yeah. audience, and you have to sing in English for that. So she's, they said, and she said, like, she, it was very important for her to understand the nature of the language and how it works in literature. Mm -hmm. So she really, really tried to learn English, learn English grammar. She read, like, Walt Whitman's leaves of grass in English just to understand like how yeah. language can be used and she said it was very important that she wrote her own material so she was writing the English. Wow she was, was dedicated to yeah. becoming a star really wasn't she? And then she? you had like Gloria Estefan uh -huh. um, and her husband I think was Shakira's manager translated the songs for her and encouraged like encouraged her to learn English as yeah. well. And oh. whenever, wherever, it's quite <laughs> a mouthful, is about being willing to travel the world in order to be with a distant lover. Oh. As many of Shakira's songs being about yeah. love are. So here we have a bit of Shakira. I like that little bit at the end. Another good instrument on. That little pan pipe. And so that was whenever, whenever, wherever by Shakira. <laughs> so she's really showing off her after she'd learnt that English language skills because yeah. that is very alliterative. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah a bit of alliteration. Yeah, there, yeah, a bit of alliteration. <laughs> Got a ring to it, that yeah. does. Um, so now we're over halfway through the show and we're going to have some more music coming up from the Foo Fighters and the Flaming Lips. But first, we're going to have a little chat about 2002 pricing. Okay. Specifically, Freddo's. Oh, that's a touch subject for me. I so know, I won't lie. as we know, like, inflation happens. It's life. We just have to accept <laughs> it. But I... So, firstly, apparently the British pound, though, has... I don't know what source this is, so I'm sorry if it was a dodgy source, but apparently the British pound has lost 42% of its value since 2002. Oh, wow. Which I think is... I mean, Brexit would definitely make it go down. But yeah. Was, 42 is a lot. That is a lot. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, obviously inflation's still happening all that. I don't really understand money things. No, but, I feel like, yeah, I'm definitely um, not a finance person. But, yeah, so apparently... Take a guess at how much a Freddo cost in 2002. 30 pence. 10p. 10p? Apparently. It, it was, was either 10, 10 or 15, but 10p. Oh, that's really made me quite upset, 10. actually. Do you remember that, those sweet, the crisps as well? It was always Freddo's cheap and then Space Raiders. Yeah, those they were crisps. They, they were, were 20p. Yeah, 20p. And now they're. Uh, how much, do you know how much Freddo is now? I think it's like 90 pence, you know. 90? No, surely not. Surely not. I feel like it's expensive now. They really went up. Should we find out? Night, you might be dramatic. <laughs> someone is selling. <laughs> someone is selling on eBay a ten p Freddo wrapper for fifty pounds, <laughs> unopened. It's it's a ten p Cadbury Freddo chocolate bar, still in original packet, unopened, and it's like an old one, but for fifty pounds. For fifty pounds. Oh my god. Seriously, the way that we're going, it might be fifty pounds for a Freddo. We might. Okay, so oh, okay, that's not too bad. Okay. Twenty five p now on Sainsbury's. That was disgustingly overpriced for me. There. So if 90. you buy it from Sainsbury's and not a corner shop, because I think they're more expensive in corner shops now. Yeah, I think everything's a bit more expensive from the ten, corner shop. Ten p. Like I don't even. I don't know when the last time I even saw a ten p coin was. I, you have no use for them anymore, like, at all. I pay. I even use my card, just Apple Pay. I know. I didn't have Apple Pay for ages because I was really against it because I was nervous I'd be tapping things on my way along. <laughs> and I've got it and I don't like that I enjoy it. Yeah. I really want to take it off, but it's so convenient. It's also when you're paying online, if you pay yeah. on your phone, just, like, we're not you promoting Apple Pay for the show, but <laughs> it, it just makes everything, like, so much easier. I know. I don't even know my card pen. <laughs> oh, no, issue. I actually can't. If tell I you. have to do a high payment one day that I can't do online, I. I I'm a bit screwed because I can't. No, I'm gonna have to I write it down do. somewhere. I used to work in a shop as well, uh -huh. and you get people coming. This guy used to come in, and he had a contactless payment ring, 
And I don't, I do not, I'm assuming there was some Bluetooth chip in there, but That's he so would, weird. it was hilarious because he made a, he kind of would reach his hand <laughs> up quite like dramatically and then beep it onto the thing. Oh. But he was where, why? That would be what? so funny if that didn't work but for him. I, I get it's easy because then you don't need to like bring it, bring your card out the house. But also a lot of men's clothing has pockets. Yeah, you yeah, don't... men have deep pockets. Females are kind of limited. Exactly. That, but I feel like rings are easy to lose. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Like, they can very easily and that, that won't be a cheap ring. It will not. But then saying that, I guess, like, you know, you say the same about an engagement ring. Like, rings are easy to lose. You're still going to get, well, most people still get a wedding ring or an engagement yeah, ring. Yeah, I know. So it's that odd kind of. Unless you wore it on a necklace or something. But I've always really... thought that. I quite like to wear a ring on a necklace. Yeah, I feel if I like did. it would be. A de definitely if you had, like, a job that, like, you're using your hands all the time and you have yeah. rings that you don't want to lose. Like, pop it on your neck. Yeah, exactly. pop it on your neck. It'd be difficult to pay with it, though. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> you have to kind of dunk your yes. neck in. And moving on from the Freddo dilemma, we're now going to listen to She Will Be Loved by Maroon 5. I think this is a very, like, early oh, 2000s yeah. band. And the song tells the story of a girl who's going through some issues and there's a guy who's trying to help her work them out. Uh, and it's Adam Levine, this lead singer of mm -hmm. Maroon 5, he said it's based on a real story about two people that had this very, like, troubled, topsy-turvy relationship. Mm -hmm and he was looking at it from an outsider's perspective like she wasn't in a good place and he was a very nice person who was nurturing and supportive of her which is quite nice yeah it's and really it's off nice. the album songs about jane which is named after adam levine's ex-girlfriend and he actually had to ask her for permission to use the name oh that's spot uncomfortable because you actually you actually can i think sue or i don't know about names but vampire weekend on one of their albums used a polaroid of this girl they knew as they didn't ask her they just did it yeah. and she sued them <laughs> I mean, you know, fair play because it's kind of ruining your privacy. Really, yeah, isn't exactly. It? Imagine like you're an album cover and you didn't even know about yeah. it. But yeah, so this is "She Will Be Loved" by Maroon Five, and that was "She Will Be Loved" by Maroon Five. Me and Gracie were just saying we did not know for the last five seconds the song no. had that bit. That made me feel weird. I didn't enjoy um, that. I feel Maroon like 5. that's just kind of. Um, I'm not. I can't. The phrase I was going to go for has a swear in it. Uh, has. <laughs> Not ended the song on a high note, let's say. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't like that, though. They could have just chopped it off. Some would say ruined. Because it's, it's a very good song. Yeah, I like it's it. definitely. A lot. I like it a lot, <laughs> but it's good. Um, and next up, as we're running out of time on the show, I'm going to skip straight to mm -hmm. Do You Realise, a song by a band called The Flaming Lips. Mm -hmm. And this song questions the very nature of human existence and was partly inspired by the sudden death of a Japanese friend of the band, apparently. Oh. And it plays on you in a way that's like optimistic and appears to be telling you a story that you already know, which is a good story. But then they start singing these like lyrics um, at the time, so you get really comfortable in this song, the, lyric, the singer mm -hmm. kind of tried to do, make you really comfortable, and then they give you this really horrible line in it, which goes, <laughs> Everyone you know someday will die. Oh, um, so cheesy, man. And the singer that wrote it said it's almost as if you go, it's okay, and like you take it in because that's what the music and everything has done. I don't really understand what he meant by that, but oh, I feel like it's a bit of an existential crisis in the yeah, song. Yeah, but the, it's often album I think would like or a song off the album is like, Yashimi battles the pink robots or something. The Flaming Lips have some pretty funky music. Yeah, but I it's quite a band not to be. It's quite an underground band because it's not. They were quite them. big, but they're more like that alternative music side. Yeah. So if you're listening to kind of the mainstream Britney kind of music, yeah. you, this would have been more under the radar kind of music yeah. at the time. But I think it's a very nice song. I think musically the Flaming Lips are very good. Okay. It's a nice, it's a lot of things going on. They've done a lot. Yeah. So okay. this is Do You Realise by the Flaming Lips. 
and that was do you realize by the flaming lips and unfortunately we're coming to the end of today's show now mm -hmm. um end of the 2002 theme for today's episode uh first i'd like to thank you gracie for coming on the show thank you for having me i've really enjoyed it very enjoyed good music, having yeah. this conversation yeah. yeah and if you enjoyed listening to this you can listen next week at 11 a.m which is going to be the last show of the term as well we're gonna have a little break for easter unfortunately give everyone a bit of a break <laughs> but don't worry because if you want to listen to even more is shizzle you can find my shows on purple radio on demand on spotify or go onto the instagram which is isles.shizzle and the links to the on demand shows and playlists for the shows are all in the stories on there and our final song we're going to listen to a song an acoustic version because mm -hmm. the original is quite heavy and i think this band produced very good acoustic versions of their songs. Yeah. We're going to listen to Times Like These, acoustic version, by the Foo Fighters. And at the time that this was released, Dave Grohl called it the best song he's ever written. Bold statement, um, yeah. And the song's kind of about how he is at a crossroads, um, but he's confident he will find the right path. And interestingly, George Bush used this apparently in some of his presidential campaign rallies in 2004 and Dave Grohl's not never wanted to be involved in politics and music but he didn't like Bush so he actually because they used the song campaigned for Bush's rival in the, in the election <laughs> so that's quite funny um Dave, Dave Grohl's a pretty sick guy I've always yeah, thought he's very cool I like him so thanks for coming on the show Gracie thank you thank you to everyone me. who listened and this is Times Like These by the Food Fighters Purple Radio Podcasts. Thanks for downloading this Purple Radio Podcast. For more great content and to listen live, head to purpleradio.co.uk.